I'm Dr. Jeffrey Lewis. I'm a professor at the James Martin Center for Nonproliferation Studies at the Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey. Yep, that's the whole title. I study nuclear weapons with the hope that if we understand our predicament a bit better, we're less likely to die in a nuclear war. If you're listening to this and you're not in some sort of irradiated post-apocalyptic hellscape, well, you're welcome. The thing is, lots of people have jobs like this. They're not celebrities, unless you count C-SPAN. They're not even politicians. They're in the meetings that happen before the politicians get there, or the ones that the politicians won't take. They're the people looking for solutions to problems that most people haven't even thought about yet, doing research that most people won't ever hear about, and yeah, writing papers that most people are never going to read. But collectively, they're making it a little less likely that war will break out, bombs will fall, and we'll all die horribly. So I think their stories are worth sharing. I won't have my feelings hurt if Jeffrey disagrees with what I say and I need to redo it. This is my friend Max. Maximilian Angerholzer III, in fact. We're old friends. Oh, I can't disagree. I'm just the host. Well, okay. Fair enough. But you are you are and always have been opinionated, Jeffrey, so. If you're familiar with my politics, you might be surprised to learn that my friend Max is the CEO of the George and Barbara Bush Foundation. But then again, he's also the type of person who seeks out opportunities to find common ground, even when those opportunities are not at all obvious. That's how Max found himself on a work trip in Iran in 2007. If you don't remember what things were like between the United States and Iran back then, let me remind you, they were not great. The president of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, knows how to infuriate the Western world, and he did it again last week when he asked to visit Ground Zero. Mr. Ahmadinejad suggested that the 9-11 attacks were staged by America to save Israel. A group of 100 students staged a rare public protest, shouting death to the dictator. In short, things then looked pretty much like they do today. I've known Max for a long time, which is why I can say it was so very him to look at the situation, which seemed so hopeless, and ask the question, what could we do to build trust while we wait for these two governments to start playing nice? There was the hope that there was an opportunity to overcome some of those major barriers that had come up after 9-11. And that was why Max decided in 2007 that he'd organize a trip to Iran, where he'd bring Nobel Prize winners to visit and meet with Iranian scientists and students. One of the scientists who attended was Dr. Joseph Taylor, a Nobel Prize winning astrophysicist from Princeton. The reaction that Iranian students and scientists had to him was astounding. He was a rock star in Iran. I mean, it was incredible. And just the excitement to, to hear from him, to be in the same room with him was breathtaking. I mean, he was treated like Bono going to an Irish middle school. The thing was, throughout the course of the trip, the scientists got to know one another. They didn't talk about politics. They talked about science and research. They made plans to collaborate. And they developed mutual respect. 
the idea is, you know, you may not see eye to eye diplomatically or politically, but, you know, science follows a certain methodology. It's, it's people to people. It's a way to build trust. The appreciation was so great that as he packed up to leave, Max realized he'd received too many gifts to fit in his luggage. The number of gifts that we got was incredible, and they were very nice gifts. And, you know, and these are from scientists, researchers, but I knew I couldn't mail these back to the United States. You know, DHL was not going to deliver it from Tehran to Washington, D.C., and I didn't have room in my luggage. Max needed an additional suitcase. I want something that's sturdy, but not too expensive. And, you know, I'm not sure if if my wife's going to like this, so I may only get to use it one time. I know Lindsay, and Max's fear is well-founded. So he conferred with the proprietor of the shop, and together they picked out a suitcase that Max could proudly take home. I go up to the desk to, to pay, and the proprietor of the store looks across at me, and he says, you're from the UK, Max. I said, no, 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 sir, I'm from, I'm from America. And his eyes get really big. And he comes around from the other side of the register and gives me a big bear hug. And he says, this is my gift to you. I love the United States. And I said, well, sir, you know, I can't, I can't accept this gift. This is your, this is your livelihood. He says, no, you're in my country. So you have to follow my rules. And my rule is that I'm going to be hospitable. This is my gift to you. But I ask something in return. I want you to go back to the United States and I want you to tell all your friends and family that the Iranian people do not hate the American people, that the Iranian people love the American people, and that we have so much more in common than we have apart, and that we hope we can overcome these political differences. Now, this trip may not sound like it's a very big deal. Some scientists socialized, so what? Well, I happen to think that this specific trip laid the essential groundwork that led to the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. Max may not agree completely with that sentiment, but... In my telling of the story, I suspect you can draw a straight line from the goodwill that Max bought on that trip to the good faith negotiation that got the Iran nuclear deal done. I mean, you can't help but understand the person on the other side if you spend time with them and if you get to know them and you travel around the country with them or have dinner with them, there's going to be a greater appreciation understanding for the American perspective on the Iranian side and vice versa. Even though the work we were doing was not diplomatic intentionally, I think there certainly was a diplomatic benefit to it. The Iran deal failed. Or maybe it succeeded, only to be failed by politicians. This kind of thing happens a lot. Governments kind of suck at collaborating. But there are also people like Max who will step up and become peacemakers when governments won't or can't. People who strive for collaboration and understanding and sometimes end up finding it in unlikely places, like a suitcase shop in Tehran. Those people and the work they do, they're the reason we're all still here. On this season... I'm not sure how many Americans have ever sat on top of a Soviet nuclear weapon. (laughs) The lab director took off all his clothes and jumped in the lake. 
But the congressman kept their clothes on because the reporters were there. Yesterday, two U.S. scientists maintained that the yellow rain phenomenon had a very natural cause, that it was the feces of honeybees on massive defecation flights. Do these idiotic things or try to build a nuclear power plant. They don't need a nuclear power plant. The documents were removed by the KGB. Now, I don't drink, but that night I got very drunk because that's how you work these issues in North Korea. It was a covert, illegal facility. This was a bioweapons lab. It wasn't a biodefense lab. It didn't matter how many people would die. We are the guys who send an undercover team to the port to sniff around and ask questions. So step 1A, define dumb shit. Exactly. Verify whether people are doing dumb shit. That may be a segment that we don't want to include because then I'll probably get some phone calls. Subscribe to The Reason We're All Still Here for stories about the people holding us back from the brink. Or, you know, trying to. Hello, listeners. I'm Gabrielle Sierra, host of the Why It Matters podcast from the Council on Foreign Relations. Look, the world of international affairs can feel overwhelming and complex, but it also shapes our lives every single day. So it pays to know what's going on out there. Why It Matters is a foreign policy podcast for the rest of us. And with a little bit of humor and a lot of questions, we're here to break down global topics and bring the world home to you. So join us every two weeks on Why It Matters, wherever you listen.